2: Hey everyone, Quentin here. This week we are coming at you with a No Filler Rewind, and we're gonna revisit our episode on Spoons, A Series of Sneaks. This was a record of theirs that came out in 1997. Uh, We were gonna cover Man Man this week, uh, but the recording fell through, and uh, we thought it'd be cool to revisit this episode on Spoon. This was actually our first in a series of Spoons which now looking back at it I feel like we should have we should have called it that. We were trying to figure out what, what we should call it. Spoonathon, Spoonapalooza. But no, we ended up covering uh, all of Spoon's albums from a series of sneaks all the way up to Gimme Fiction. Spoon has always been top 5 bands for Travis and I. They will always be one of our favorites. Next week we'll be coming at you with a brand new Whatcha Heard episode. Uh, and then after that, it's going to be our 200th episode. We've got something fun in, in store for you for that one. Uh, and then we're going to come back and do Man-Man proper justice. Uh, so if you're a Man-Man fan and you were bummed out to not get a Man-Man episode today, don't you worry. We will be covering them soon. All right. In the meantime, here is our Rewind episode. Looking back at our coverage of Spoons, a series of Sneaks.
0: Welcome to No Filler, a music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. In each episode, we'll dive into a little history of the artist and the album of choice with snippets from interviews and concerts, as well as music from the album itself. My name is Travis. I've got my brother Quentin here, and this is the 10th episode but not really, right? Because really, we've, we've got 19 episodes. But this is our, our, our 10th full-length episode. And um, we are starting our deep, deep dive into one of our favorite bands of all time, Spoon.
2: Not just one of. For me, this is just, period, my favorite band. And here's why. Um, the thing with Spoon, they're constantly evolving, but no matter how much they change, they're still Spoon. Every time a new Spoon album comes out, I give it a listen all the way through. And every time by the end of the album, I'm just like, you know, wow, Spoon really can do no wrong. It doesn't matter right, how far they steer off in a different direction from their previous albums. I, I fall in love with it every time.
0: But here's the thing about them, and they've done this since like the beginning and you know, we'll we'll hear that in this album. Um they're not afraid to I don't want to say take risks, but I mean there is no like spoon uh formula. You know what I mean? As far as like
2: Really from album to album, dude. I mean right. for but real. But that's what I'm
0: saying, like you hear that early on. Like they Yeah. They have a lot of different S- sounds they have a lot of different vibes they've got a lot of different uh they got a lot of different genres too that they throw in there but but it's all under the same like it's just spoon like like they they are their own uh sound you know what i mean their own genre yeah. if you will
2: yeah so so i've got an idea here um what do you say we play a little snippet of one of the more popular spoon songs from their album that came out in 2007 called "Gaga Gaga Gaga." I feel like this album had their most popular songs on it. Um, this is track four off that album. Just give you a little taste of Spoon in case you're like, "Who? The, who?" Um, we did play a little clip at the beginning from from the album we're going to cover, um, but yeah, let's play a little clip from "Don't You Ever" from their 2007 album "Gaga Gaga Gaga." <laughs> Record the talk back.
0: Record that, Jim.
3: Bet. Bet.
2: favorite songs on that album one of them there's a few of them that that are great on that one um
0: I'm just so happy right now dude <laughs> this the, the, this uh that this uh moment has finally come uh, yeah first of all one of the one of the most memorable bass lines of all time fucking love that bassline dude you can't listen to that song and not um get the urge to to move something you know what I mean and we're gonna get into this heavily but uh even with that song, you can hear in that intro. You know how they kind of sampled in what sounded like uh, it, it was Brit talking to to Jim. You know, in the studio. You know, and that's the kind of stuff that they do, and that they've always done. It's like they, they the way that they compose their songs, the way that they put in things that they, they always know how to um, how to surprise you. You know, as a listener, yeah, or do things that you're not expecting in a song. You know, so anyway, that's something that we're gonna. Here with a lot of the songs that, that we play over the next few episodes. All right, so let's, um, so let's transition now to uh, a segment that we like to do at the beginning of every episode called What You Heard, where we uh, bring a song to the table uh, from an artist that we've kind of been listening to lately, uh, just to kind of throw in a couple more uh, songs for you to listen to uh, before we dive into the, uh, the album of the week. So I will go first. We were talking about Quiet Storm last week. The genre Quiet Storm. I kind of I went back and listened to Torio Imwa. I assume that's how it's pronounced. But um, yeah, I think he. Uh, if you're familiar with him, he was sort of um, you know kind of the the first uh, graduating class, if you will, of the Chill Wave genre. You know. Um, he was right there with with uh, washed out and all those other chill wave artists that that were all over the place in um, you know two thousand nine two thousand ten. Um, the guy's name is Chaz Bundwick. He is he is Toro y moi uh, That's his name. Let me back back up just a second by by saying that the reason that I thought to go listen to him after talking about Quiet Storm is that I feel like a lot of the bass lines and and stuff that sometimes would get thrown into chill wave songs. We're kind of in that same like slow jam kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, anyway, he put out a couple of records under a different name, Les sins. And it's sort of electronic dance house music. Cool. And I've been listening to this one particular song on pretty heavy repeat. Uh, Over the last week Because it's really uh, Really catchy And and, um, has a certain sound That I um, Have always been drawn to And I'll talk about that after we play the clip So this song is called Grind And it is off His EP That he came out with In 2013 Called Grind and Prelim So it was a um, It was a single Um, this is a side a it's called grind Great vibes, right, and um, particularly about the song that the instrumental bit at the end that sounds like you know like a the soundtrack to like a Sega Genesis game or something right
2: yeah, yeah. I've
0: always been drawn to that you know not so much chip tunes right that genre, but mm-hmm. um, there are artists out there that 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 pretty much do what 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 he just did. That that sound they they get that sound on their on their synthesizer or whatever instrument they're they're using to, to make that sound and they make music with it right specifically you know there's guys like Disasterpiece um and there's a ton of others out there yeah you but know I've that's always that, been drawn to that that
2: falls into that hypnagogic pop category that we uh, talked about a little bit on our uh, second episode on Tycho, um you know where it kind of digs into the that nostalgic sound that. That we thirty-somethings yeah. are so right. The, the reason onto, that I'm drawn you know? to
0: that sound is because it reminds me of the old video games that I used to play. Like that's the reason, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Let's get into to what I've been listening to lately, huh? Uh,
0: yeah. So what you've been listening to lately?
2: Aren't you going to ask me what what Jeff heard? Um, so what you heard? Thanks. There you go. Thanks. Um, guess what, Travis? Hold can on. You... Let me. Can I take a guess? Yeah, of course.
0: Is this a psychedelic band, by any chance? Correct. Okay, so let's just let's just get this straight. You've been listening to psychedelic rock for literally the the, the entire run of this podcast. I'm Not
2: exclusively, favorite. but <laughs> <laughs> listen, dude, it's a long time coming, man. I've always been a fan of psychedelic rock, but like, that's that's fine. But damn, dude. Well, these guys are a little bit different. Uh, they go by Frankie and the witch fingers and uh guess what there's not one member in this band named frankie uh they are based uh, out of los angeles the album that i latched on to the first one that i listened to all the way through from them is an album called heavy roller which came out in uh 2016 and i'm just gonna play the first track on the album not all the way through but um Yeah, just for an opener, like an intro track for an album, this just kind of got me hooked, man. Uh, This song is called 6,000 Horns.
0: Yeah, they got kind of a, you know, Temples, you know, vibe where they're, oh, they're like,
2: tapping into that, to that six, the 60s rock, dude.
0: Obviously, doing a complete knockoff of that vibe. That's how I kind of feel sometimes with, with, with those psychedelic bands that where it's like, this sounds too much like the 70s and 60s. You know what I mean? I don't know. Uh,
2: but maybe that's just me. Yeah. Uh, for me, I just appreciate. That
0: that the sounds are coming. That, that that music is still being made.
2: Well, yeah, and that I think it's I think it's a beautiful thing, man. You know, like you don't. I have... I,
0: I hear what you're saying. I like yeah. like you know, it's kind of cool because maybe they can bring this sound back into the the top radio playlist or whatever, and maybe bring back the sound and bring back you know rock and roll. That's bring what I
2: love the most about music. That it goes in cycles? Yeah. yeah, And uh, whole new generations can tap back into that sound. Doesn't matter what decade it is. Right, right. So yeah, that's what I've been listening to uh, lately. Again, that was uh, a song called 6,000 Horns off of Frankie and the Witch Fingers 2016 album Heavy Roller. So let's dive into Spoon, shall we? Um, with this episode being the first one where we talk about Spoon, we're going to do a little brief history of the band, and then we're just going to talk a little bit about, about this album, uh, moving forward over the next few months, we'll just kind of pick up where we left off. So Spoon basically is Brit Daniel, who is the lead singer songwriter. And Jim Eno, who has been playing drums with Brit Daniel since before there was a band called Spoon.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, um, actually, we have a clip from an interview. Um,
2: Look at that segue, brother. I didn't even mean to do that. Did you?
0: You didn't? No. I was going to say. <laughs> okay, so Jim Eno, I'm not sure the year, but he um, he was interviewed. Or I guess it wasn't really an interview as more of a conversation uh, with um, a professor at the Ohio university school of media arts and studies. They talk about the history of spoon and uh, this clip in particular, uh, he is asked, how did, how did he and Britt Daniel uh, meet up and start playing together?
1: Uh, let's see. Britt and I met because he was uh working, uh, going to school at UT, University of Texas, uh, in the radio, television, and film group, and he had to do a recording project, and he was playing with this uh, friend of his named Brad Shenfield. They had a band and they needed a drummer. I had done a gig with Brad, maybe one or two of them, and so they called me to do the session. I went there, recorded maybe five or six songs that I had never heard before, and they were, you know, wow, how can, he do this. He's never heard these songs before. But uh, when I was in Houston, I played jazz for two years straight. That's all I played. Uh, Big band in combo. So I was used to charts and just sort of mapping things out. And so it was sort of easy for me. Uh, But then I started playing with that band. Me, Britt, and uh, Brad. It was a band called the Alien Beats, which was a rockabilly country band. And uh, then that band broke up. Uh, and then uh, Britt and I, uh, Britt is like, hey, I got these songs. Do you want to come listen to them? And we played about five or six songs off a telephono and it just like
2: blew me away. Let me just say that I'm so glad that they broke away from Rockabilly. I can't <laughs> I know, stand right? it.
0: Isn't that kind of weird that they, that, that Jim and Brian, or not Brian, Jim and Britt started out playing Rockabilly together like that was the first music that they wrote together.
2: Hey, dude he said rockabilly country
0: Ugh. right i mean that's just it's just yeah it's bizarre because i mean that they never revisit that in any spoon song like you never hear a hint of rockabilly like kind of all you know what i mean
2: not even in uh, their earlier stuff like telephoto yeah, and soft exactly effects.
0: so anyway that's that's good thank god But yeah um as 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 he uh mentioned there uh they were in a band called alien beats um Brett Daniel was actually in a band before that. His first band that he played with was a band called Skellington, which is a cooler name.
2: Skellington, um, I like that. Skellington, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Uh, so um, anyway. uh, he, he
0: he said that um, that these earlier bands that he was in, this is Brett Daniel. He said that uh, in another interview I, I was listening to that uh, they were kind of doing a Pixies, Nirvana influenced like rip off like that was the sound oh man that they were doing at the time i'm and, glad you,
2: know, you said that dude
0: everybody was yeah everybody was doing that
2: no because um uh, so i have a confession to make brother i just listened to telephono all the way through for the first time last week
0: you should be ashamed number one but go ahead
2: yeah so i'd heard a few songs from it but i hadn't listened to it all how way have you through. not
0: listened to that album all the way through yet dude
2: I just, I just hadn't, man. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. Um, and yeah, right off the bat, I just thought this is the perfect mix of like Nirvana and the Pixies. Should we play a clip? Let's play a clip from it, man. What song? Let's play. Because uh...
0: I mean, let's let's play the one that, that you that you're saying reminded okay. you of Nirvana. Okay,
2: probably the probably the first track on the album. Uh, it's called "Don't Buy the Realistic." So this was an album that came out in 96 you know right in the right in the middle of that grunge wave
0: yeah it's not it, yes it, it absolutely had that influence on it but at yeah. the same time like you can and this is their first full length album first track and you can hear like the making of Spoon like, you can time, you know what I
2: mean right off the bat dude you notice and this is something that that Brit Daniel does probably in every single record uh, he provides his own harmonies He always has done that. Always.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. um, You know, at the same time, like, yes, the guitar had some grunge hints, you know, but I think Brett Daniels guitar riffs are some of the most like, like he's a riff machine. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. For real. I mean, he he writes some of the, some of the coolest stuff I've, I've heard on a guitar uh, comes from that dude. Yeah. Especially... Uh, the first clip from this album. But do we want to kind of give a brief history of the album first?
2: Yeah, let's do that real quick. So uh, so Telefono came out in 96. Um, and the song that we're covering on this episode is called A Series of Sneaks, which came out in May of 1998. So a couple of years later. Here's something that he said uh, in an interview in 2014 uh, with Pitchfork. Uh, he says that with a series of sneaks, this was the first time that they had figured out that the distorted electric guitar was something that was that seemed too used, it was too simple, too alt-rock, and it took up too much space. That's the way he, he put it. So when you listen to a series of sneaks, you know, right off the heels of Telefono, the first thing that that you notice is uh, a much more clean sounding approach to to his guitar sound.
0: Yeah, it's 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 um, there's still some distortion on his guitar playing no doubt, but but yeah, they step away from the really heavy distortion cranked up, which is what you would expect from a grunge band, right? So they step away from the grunge distortion for sure.
2: Yeah. And I it still blows my mind that this was an album that came out in 98, you know? I mean, it's because yeah. we were way too young. This was nowhere near our radar. Um, right. But the fact that this kind of music was was out around 98, even though they didn't get, you know, we'll get into this, but they didn't really get much recognition from this album at all. Um, it still just blows my mind that, that this kind of stuff was around in 98. So let's go ahead and play our first clip, shall we?
0: Yeah, so... And I had, I had teased that um, my favorite Spoon song to date is on this album. Uh, this was... So, maybe let's just say this as well. They had put out um, Telefono and, and a, an EP called Soft Effects um, on Matador Records. They got signed on to Elektra for a series of sneaks. And so this is their first album on a major record label. So... Um, You know, a lot of a lot was going into this record Um, and we'll get into its success later. But um, this was them kind of transitioning in their minds, transitioning from like, you know, small band playing smaller clubs to, hey, this is our first record on a major label. And, you know, we're
2: we're we're going we're going places. Yeah. 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 So anyway,
0: this is my favorite spoon uh, track of all time, which sang a lot. But there is just something about the mood of this song. The, the guitar playing is phenomenal. And as always, uh, Jim Eno on the drums is... Um, he's probably one of the best rock drummers of all time. So
2: I haven't said this yet, but Jim Eno is by far my favorite drummer of all time. Yeah. So yeah, let's get into it. So we're going to play this song all the way through. Uh, it's track two on the album. It's called the Minor Tough. (laughs) Yeah, for that being uh, a track of theirs this early on, that's got just all the little details. You know, if you if you actually pay attention to a spoon song, that that I appreciate so much. You know, like like
0: I said, the guitar um, is what kind of does it for me on this particular song in particular. But the whole uh, composition of the song, right? Like, there's a sort of back and forth. Um, the guitar. Uh, sort of changes with every verse, if you will. There's not really a, a, a structure to this song as far as like verse, chorus, verse, whatever. Yeah, but which, between, which is another and, thing know,
2: that I, I've always appreciated about Spoon, too, is, is their songs yeah. are always really complex. and yeah, Never straightforward. You
0: know, like transitioning between each vocal part, uh, this guitar sort of builds up each time you know mm-hmm. it sort of starts as more simple and then at the end when it's just the guitar that plays out the song it's just you know it's just he's going um, I don't want to say going ham but there's a coworker that says he's going ham all the time and so I started saying that <laughs> which you know whatever um, but you know he's he's just going um, going uh, all in I guess you should say yeah, uh, on, the, on that guitar part
2: and there's a cool vocal effect that I had noticed um, paying attention to this song just now where he kind of has an echo on his voice for a brief period of time, uh, yeah. In yeah, one of the verses. yeah. It's really but, cool. Uh, it's just those. It's those minor details that Brett always um, throws into his songs. And one thing that I found out too with this deal that they made with with Elektra, they actually recorded a series of sneaks on their own before licensing it to the label. Um, so not only did spoon have complete control on the sound but uh they ultimately would own the recording themselves which is kind of cool um and that also shows that everything that you're hearing on this album is you know being produced and it's it's exactly how Britt daniel would have done you know like it, there's no yeah. um influence. right there's
0: no influence from a producer or anything like that.
2: yeah so let's talk about the demise here real quick of this um, record? Yeah. 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 So uh, there's a a guy by the name of Ron Lafitte. I think that's how you say it. Who was, uh, at the time, the head of Electra's A&R division. Uh, who, uh, that's the department that oversees the development of new talent. And he was the one that, that convinced the label to sign Spoon on. And um, within four months of them being signed on he ditched the label went and started working for another record label company right Uh, so
0: they 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 correctly um sort of place blame on the failure of this record on the fact that their their a&r guy was pretty much um you know m.i.a. for like the most important like time of an album release like the first few months you know
2: yeah, from what I heard, uh, he wouldn't answer their, he wouldn't return their phone calls. Right. Um, they had, they got barely any advertising for the album. Um, their tour budget got like slashed, basically. Right. And within, uh, within that same week, from Lafitte leaving the label, uh, within that same week they were dropped from the label, from the record label. Right. So, exactly. yeah, this was uh how a bridge Daniel refers to the aftermath of, of all this as a lost period in his career as a musician. Um, after yeah. this, he moved to New York and, uh, basically took a day job as an administrative assistant at Citibank. Did you read that drive?
0: I also heard that he was a substitute teacher no for way. a short run and, um, uh, a video game maker or tester wow. or something developer. Yeah,
2: yeah. He says that, uh, you know he says quote i did think for a time that i'd have to stop making music uh which i could have handled but it was going to break my heart so yeah this was not good um there's another interview that he did on um consequence of sound uh that he did back in uh, back last year in august in 2017 where he says um I was bummed that the band had put out two albums and very little notice had come to it. Uh, You know, at first we were in the indie world, which we weren't really accepted by very well. Then we were in the major label world, which definitely had no interest in us. So it was a bit, a bit disappointing. Um, Which I could see that for sure, man. Like, you know, you you get signed to a major record label and you think, all right, things are looking up. Like this is, this is, you know, a good sign. Uh, And then you just, I mean what they had to go through with, with Ron Lafitte and getting dropped from the record label and I mean it must have been so frustrating, man.
0: Yeah, I think it, when you're in a band, you know what I mean, and you hit those 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 milestones early on, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And you're like, you know, hey, this is like this is the plan, you know, we're we're on a major label, like we're we're gonna get to, you know, do the tours and stuff and like we're this is the dream's about to happen and then you just buy like bad luck your your record label uh you know you are working with a guy that that has a falling out with with the with the label and 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 you have to suffer for that yeah
2: it it seems to me like this this ron guy just stopped giving a shit
0: yeah it's 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 you know? like you know unfortunate uh, timing and whatnot but yeah you know as we as we know obviously they get picked up by merge and, and and go from there but i mean yeah
2: and we'll dive into that in our in our in the following episodes but the next episode, hopefully right. with with the three songs that we're going to share with you um from this album a series of sneaks hopefully you can kind of pick up on just how how great of an album this is you know um, yeah
0: it's it's you know it's probably one of my favorite spoon albums uh actually you know i would think that the first the first four are my favorite Spoon albums. Like as a as a whole, you know what I mean. So I think
2: so too. Um, Honestly, their their two most recent albums for me are, are pretty goddamn special. Um, yeah. Hot Thoughts and They Won My Soul, really right. really good, man. Like I, f- I right. feel like they've 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 tapped into something special now, which just makes me even more excited. You know, like 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 we've always said, dude, Spoon is unsinkable. And they yeah. continue to prove that with every album that they release. Um, so let's go ahead and play our second song that we're going to share with you. This is my favorite song on the album, I think. Uh, mainly f- because of Jim Eno's drumbeat in this song. It's just so cool. Um, and it's a really unique song. Uh, let's play it before, before we talk too much about it. So this is a song called 30 Gallon Tank. And this is track five on the album.
0: what i'm talking about dude yeah that's good stuff man i love it yeah there's uh, and again like like he had mentioned earlier like from the beginning you know what i mean with spoon even with telephono and soft effects he just does things that you're not expecting you know what i mean yeah like Like, for example doing an entire verse uh of just kind of i don't want to call it scat because it's not scat but like uh,
2: yeah that that's the word that you know that works bop,
0: bop 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 Basically, yeah.
2: he's just like he, he's, he's just uh, you know playing along with with Jim Eno, You know, it's like an entire verse that's yeah. just uh, rhythm, you know, and percussion, and he's just right. doing it with his voice. That's scat, dude. That's scat. But yeah. I mean, who, you know, who does that? I, I feel like right. he may have maybe he did that like during a um, like a jam session when they were kind of you know well, yeah I mean playing out this this song for the first time and, and kind of bouncing off ideas with each other because.
0: Yeah, I mean musicians do that all the time when they're when they're yeah. um, coming up with songs. The the um, the band that I was in for a hot minute, uh mm-hmm. grass fight. Like yeah, during when we were working on songs, a lot of times he he didn't have the lyrics done yet. So he would do exactly that. You know what yeah. I mean? So I mean for all we know that's that's Brit filling in a verse that he didn't have lyrics for and and he just went with it, you know what I mean? And it works yeah. out great.
2: Yeah, I love that song. Um going back to this pitchfork interview that he did back in 2014. Uh, Bridge Annual says that 30 Gallon Tank was probably the weirdest tune we'd done to date at the time. And it might still be the weirdest. It's a song that never repeats a section. And so they kind of had this idea to kind of make these fairly long weird alternating drum loops for the song. So it just kind of seems like the drum beat is always changing like it never i mean it it repeats itself but you know there's always something different that you pick up on it you know so so it's it's a really long loop um what's cool is if you listen to any live recordings of them playing 30 gallon tank jim Eno just somehow does that drum beat perfectly um
0: well as we heard in that in that interview clip he was a jazz drummer
2: Right, you know right, I mean, and that's what so that's what no impressed surprise. Brit so much is you know Jim right. joins this band and he j- could just tell when to do a fill you know or when to change it up even just kind of jumping in and playing along with him for the first time like even before hearing these songs for the first time Jim was trained you know I guess quote unquote classically trained enough um, that for me as a drummer if 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 you're trained in jazz drumming you're classically trained you know like you can pretty yeah. much do anything. Right, I mean,
0: with any instrument, um, jazz is is one of the hardest genres to master, so if he's coming into a rock band as a jazz drummer, that's why he's such an amazing rock drummer, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, Because he's able to do things, and as he kind of mentioned, like he's used to charts and and, and improvising and stuff like that, which is what makes, uh, you know, those are the the markings of an excellent jazz musician. So yeah, it's no, it's, it's no surprise to hear that. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. One other cool thing that I read from that same pitchfork interview, um, we didn't play this part, but at the very end of 30 gallon tank, there's this weird distorted sound that comes up at the very end. Uh, Brit says that was an accident that happened on a four track and they actually use that as a sample on uh the song i turn my camera on which came out on gimme fiction which was released back in 2005 which i think i turned my camera on is probably one of their other uh pretty well well-known songs um anyways yeah uh i thought that was cool uh, you know that those little happy accidents you know and they and he just kind of kept it you know he just had it all these years this little four track accident and just threw it on as a sample later on and actually we'll get into this in the in the in the coming episodes but there's a lot of instances with spoon where uh, they kind of shelf these song ideas and we'll revisit them years and years down the line which i think is cool um so i guess to to keep this episode from being too lengthy Want to go ahead and play, play our last uh, pick for the, for the album? Let's do it. All right, so this is track 13 on the album. Um, there's a lot about this song that I love. Uh, this is called Quincy Punk Episode.
0: It's interesting with that drum fill toward the end of the clip. That that sounds yeah. like Dave Grohl, uh, Nirvana.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is definitely you know, a he, more heavier track on the album. That sounds. Uh, that sounds
0: like the kind of the grunge, the grunge drum beat. That uh, yeah. I, that I Dave like Grohl when he does that. Like, came up with.
3: Yeah. You know what I'm about? Yeah,
0: yeah. He's always been such a, uh, a killer vocalist. You know, I mean, he's got one of just the most such a wide range unique, uh, rock uh, vocal sounds. I think. Well, yeah, but yeah. We'll, like you dude, said, we'll, wide range.
2: We have to cover this when we when we do um, kill the moonlight. Kill the moonlight. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. We'll get it. Yeah. yeah. He's got he's got
0: a uh, very wide uh, range. Let's just yeah. put it that way with his yeah. uh, his vocals.
2: And one thing too about this song, and this shows. I mean, my ignorance. There's that th- that distorted um, effect on his vocal that for me as a 30-year-old who was obsessed with the Strokes when they hit the scene, yeah. I right. at the time thought that Julian Casablanca's and the Strokes were like one of the first bands to do that, you know? To throw a Dude, distorted effect on their voice like that.
0: You ignorant motherfucker
2: <laughs> bring it on to me brother what
0: i'm just saying that's that's i mean
2: who else has done that off the top Plenty of your bands. head dude come on off the top of my head yeah
0: what was that uh, kick out the jams dudes man they were doing it back then weren't kick they
2: out the jams who what what did who. you
0: say the mc5 kick out the jams mc5 you <laughs> 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 Uh, they were just uh they were on the hall of fame uh nominee list for this this round i don't think they got picked but
2: Talking about, dude?
0: Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe they didn't do that.
2: Okay. Well, maybe they didn't,
0: maybe they didn't do it. But I'm just saying, like, um, it's not the, it's, I mean,
2: well, that's my point, dude. Like, I, you know, I just didn't, I, I never noticed it until, yeah. until Is This It came out by the Strokes, which we'll cover at some point. But yeah, you know, well, I mean, Daniels, if you, if you Daniel's uh, doing, if you, doing it here in, in 1998.
0: Just to, uh, to provide some history here, um, uh, there's a Wikipedia page on distorted vocals. Okay. Screaming. Um, yeah, I mean, heavy metal bands were doing it back in the 60s, so.
2: Well, that's a that's a... I mean, if you're doing that and you're in a heavy metal band, you're fucking cheating, dude. You're what? Cheating? You're cheating.
0: Eh. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs>
2: uh, anyways, I love that song. and And I love the fact that, like we said earlier, Spoon brought all this to the table. You know here's a series of sneaks. that's already recorded, you know, before they, yeah, they were licensed to the label. That's, I mean, this is all their brainchild.
0: Now let's also say this. um, I think this is a great album. Like I said, it's got one of my, my favorite spoon tracks of all time is on this record. Uh, But I guess it's no surprise that it didn't have much success. Uh, When we play or when we cover the next album in, in a couple weeks, girls can tell it's kind of a, no surprise that that one did have success because but especially with the 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 the, the girls can tell um uh, is a spoon sound that kind of like as i feel like it's the most um cohesive spoon album as far as like okay the vibe the overall vibe of the album absolutely uh, but there's, yeah, but
2: there's such a strong vibe to that album yeah all the way i through. love but,
0: girls can tell dude me too uh, the vibes in that album are great. But
2: yeah,
0: uh, what's what's interesting is like, so we just heard a few clips from a series of snakes. We're gonna listen to Girls Can Tell. That's the next Spoon album that we're gonna cover. They both have very different Spoon sounds, but both both of those uh, versions of Spoon, if you will, come back uh, in every other album. You know what I mean? Yeah. After that, yeah. Like they they've got they've got such a wide palette that they paint from with each song, you know what I mean? Yeah. that they revisit each like each sound if you will. And that's what makes every Spoon album so enjoyable. That's
2: a good way to to put it, dude. Yeah. It's like every yeah. every album has these different yeah. vibes and right. sounds, but they revisit each individual Yeah.
0: And that's what that's what makes yeah, Spoon so man. enjoyable to listen to and why every album uh you're sure to find a track on there that, that you like if not the whole thing obviously yeah and but, let's uh, just uh, i just yeah. want to
2: say real quick here because i'm pretty sure they're on tour right now if you have not seen spoon live yet now's the time <laughs> i mean <laughs> Dude, it, i've
0: seen them i've seen them like four times and i'm gonna go see them again in, in a month i'm gonna see them in may
2: i saw them a couple months back at the show box uh, in downtown seattle yeah oh my god man
0: there's no reason not to see spoon if you get the opportunity yeah
2: they're they're unbelievable, and and the the members of the band now, um, besides Jim and Britt, uh, God, dude, the the things that these these guys bring to the table, their are bass players killer right now. They've got two keyboardists that yeah that add their own um unique touch to to the songs. I mean, it's just oh, it's so good. Anyways, uh, so that's that's our picks for for this album. Um this is we're kicking off our bi weekly or bi monthly spoon we're kicking off our spoon yeah, episodes.
0: I, I, yeah, we we haven't decided if we're gonna do this back to back to back, but I think we're I think we're gonna spread it out. So we're gonna do we'll do a sidetrack next week and then we'll do another band. Um and then we'll and then we'll come back and do spoon. Yeah, after, yeah let's space after, it yeah, out a so, little bit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, do we want to uh we have our we have our master plan here um i think next week so we're, uh, after our sidetrack we're gonna cover mm, dude i don't know yet i haven't decided but we're either gonna do keep it like a secret by build spill or we're gonna do clarity by jimmy Eat world yeah either way we're gonna cover both of those albums at some point i'm just not sure which one i want to do next
2: yeah maybe we'll but, figure uh, it out by by the sidetrack next week uh, which yeah. one we're gonna
0: do yeah we, we'll have it figured yeah. out
2: so that's our... Yeah, so again, we, we didn't want to dive too much into Spoon as far as, you know... So everything that yeah. happens to Spoon post a series of sneaks, we'll get into uh, in the next f- few months. Um, yeah,
0: and then we'll go... Yeah, well, basically, when we do the Girls Can Tell episode, we'll cover Spoon history up to that point. You know what I mean? And then we'll yep. go from there.
2: Yep. So, uh, yeah, so that is our episode on spoon's second studio album a series of sneaks which came out in may of 1998 um and again you can always find us online at uh nofillerpodcast.com there you can check out our show notes um so on our homepage, you can you can see a list of all our episodes and you can click on Read Show Notes and uh, that'll bring you to a, a page for that episode. And uh, we've got our track list of every song that we cover, including the, the intro and outro tracks, the What You Heard tracks. Um, you know, we've got our artist and track name on there. We've got links to uh, YouTube videos, even if it's not uh, from... Uh, you know, a video that we actually play a clip from in the episode. Sometimes we'll just throw up uh, links to videos, you know, from concerts and and things that that we thought were interesting or or something that we really liked that that we think you'd enjoy. And we've got links to all of the sources. So, you know, if you want to dive a little bit deeper into uh, what we covered, uh, chances are you'll find more information on our show notes. Uh, There you can hear our sidetrack episodes as well. Uh, You can listen to all of our episodes on SoundCloud, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes or any other app that you use to listen to podcasts. We should be up there. And for our outro song for this week, uh, we are going to play a song called Spoon by a German experimental rock band, from the 60s and 70s called can which i'm actually a pretty big i was a pretty big can fan in my really? early 20s yeah i got into them i can't when say I, was, I ever really got into them oh dude maybe we should do one of their albums i really liked uh tago mago which came out in 71 it's uh well, we i got to say that i was gonna say um dude if if we're gonna have my my friend larry uh on this podcast, we, we should do a, a can episode with him. He's the one who got it, got me into them. Um, but anyways, Brett Daniel was a huge can fan. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Can, can fan. Um, and he named his band, uh, off of this song called spoon. Well, it's funny because
0: uh, there's an interview that I listened to where he was talking about how there were a lot of bands out there with, you know, just one word bands like yeah. can and, ride uh and some other ones out there so he wanted his band to to be one of those one word bands you know so yeah that's why he it's funny that he picked a he, he you know he went to the can album and looked for a song that was one word
2: which is funny because on this album there are also there's also a song called pinch and soup i'm really glad they didn't go with soup dude (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They would. This would. Have, we wouldn't even be talking right now, dude. Because <laughs> they would not have had
2: success. As a well, Spoon is such soup. a. I mean, anytime I mention that, you know, my favorite band is Spoon. For one, most people don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, and then I always say, "Right? No, you do. You just don't realize it." Uh, right. Everybody has heard. Everyone a Spoon has song. heard a Spoon song. Yeah. Um, but anyways, this album came out in 1972, and. Good God, I'm going to butcher this um, pronunciation. You know what, and See if I can find how to pronounce it real quick, because I, I don't want to do gonna, it, man. I don't want to do it. Nobody's gonna judge.
0: Just you know what? Type it into Google Translate. I got it. 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 I got it.
2: Uh, hmm. Nope. Okay, well, fuck it, dude. It's not all right. So it's. <laughs>
0: God damn it, man. You know, there's no such thing. This is America. We don't have grammar police
2: that are going to come and get you, dude. It's fine. Well, this album is called Ege Bamyasi. Yeah, you fucked that up for sure. (laughs) How do you know? I I just didn't (laughs) sound right at all. (laughs) That's right. Uh, All right. So, again, this album came out in 1972. This is a psychedelic rock band uh, called Can.
0: Yeah, they're kind of like an avant-garde experimental Extremely, band, dude. Right? Yeah.
2: They've got songs that go from roughly three minutes long to, you know, 13, 16-minute tracks. Uh, yeah. They're really cool. Definitely uh, smoke a J before you listen to some Can. Travis, light it up, brother. Who, me? Yeah, spark it up. All right, so that's going to do it for us this week. And uh, catch us next sunday for our sidetrack episode for for spoons a series of sneaks and um yeah thanks as always for listening and uh we'll uh what do you usually say Jeff
0: chat at you next time
2: Ch- shout, shout at you next time or you know catch you on the flip-flop yeah. <laughs> uh latest on the minje.